Welcome to How I Raised It, the podcast that goes behind the scenes with entrepreneurs who've raised capital. We uncover the tips, tricks, and techniques they use to get investors to write a check. Strap in and turn it up. Hi, and welcome to another episode of How I Raised It, produced by Foundersuite.com. Today I have with me Mahboud Mogadam coming out of L.A., Mahboud's the CEO of Everipedia. How are you doing today? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on here. Really glad you can make it. Um, so this is exciting. So tell me, first off, what is Everipedia and where did you come up with the idea for this business? Uh, so Everipedia is just supposed to be the better version of Wikipedia. But then now uh, there was kind of a pivot about six months ago where we decided to make it the blockchain Wikipedia. And that's how we're going to make it better. But we'd already been working at it for about two years before we started to go the blockchain route. Uh, the idea, um, my co-founder Sam was a senior in college and he was really into editing Wikipedia and he was really also into my last website, Genius, which is kind of like a Wikipedia for rap lyrics. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And Genius is very sophisticated and fancy. Like You get IQ points. Uh, for giving information, celebrities get verified accounts to add information. So Sam was like, how come Wikipedia is really, really old and looks like Craigslist, but then you have this site that's a wiki for rap lyrics, which is so sophisticated and feels like Web 2.0. So he decided he wants to build the rap genius version of Wikipedia. Like, let's take all of this fancy, sophisticated stuff and take it back to square one. So that's why he built it. And uh, when I met him was he, he had already built the website, but he hadn't launched it. And I was giving a talk at UCLA. And at my talk, uh, he, he was a senior at the time. So he came to my talk and he showed me my Everpedia page. And the reason I got really excited about that is because uh, I used to have a Wikipedia page. Someone made a Wikipedia page about me in 2013 and Wikipedia deleted it because they said I'm not important enough to have one. Interesting. So he showed me my Everpedia page and I kind of had a eureka moment. I was like, wait, I, this is exactly what I always wanted. So I asked him if I could join the company and I was able to uh, help him raise his uh, initial angel investment. So he let me join. So that was 2014-ish? 2015. 2015, great. We, we, uh, I met him in April and we launched the site in August. Uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. Great. And then you guys raised, so you raised a, an angel round. Tell me about that. That was down in LA. Yeah, we raised about a million dollars. We got our pre-seed funding from Mucker Capital. Mm -hmm. uh, then we got some angel investments from some good influential strategic people. Uh, then we did something called WeFunder, which is uh, Regulation C crowdfunding. It means that even people who are not accredited can invest up to I think $6,000 a year in startups using a service like WeFunder. So that was really cool because 200 people invested in our WeFunder, even, even though some of them were just giving a couple hundred bucks or something. But it really helped to build the community. Like we had one guy who invested uh, who's German, who was the first guy who started making pages in a foreign language on Everpedia. And we, we got a German community going and so that was really cool. Kind of, kind of, if you think about it, it's kind of like the precursor to the airdrop. The one reason I think the airdrop is such a cool way to raise is because suddenly we have all of these people who have a stake in Everpedia. So that was kind of the, 
less high tech version of the philosophy behind doing WeFunder. Interesting. So how much did you raise using WeFunder? Uh, on WeFunder, we raised 130K. And our total uh, like uh, VC angel investment before uh, the airdrop was a million dollars. Um, did you go through Mucker's uh, accelerator or, or were they just as investors? Yeah, Mucker was our pre-seed, pre-launch money. So yeah, we did the whole thing. We were doing weekly meetings with them. Uh, they set us up with uh, Cooley, who did our corporate formation. And I mean, they're still they're still our attorneys because lucky coincidence, Cooley is also the best firm for everything crypto related. Oh, interesting. That's, that's yeah. good to know. Okay, okay wanna... so you raised a million from Mucker for your pre-seed, and then you went to WeFunder and... Um, how did that work? Did you have to, the 200 people that invested on WeFunder, did you have to find them or did they organically find you or, or what? Well, that was one thing that was really cool was we did the WeFunder when we were pitching all these big time investors and it seemed like the big time people aren't getting it. But then on WeFunder, just by word of mouth, we didn't, we didn't spend a dollar on advertising. We had hundreds of non-tech, you know, non-tech specialist lay people who saw this and they, they felt the same way I did. They just knew that it's going to be huge. So it really built our confidence to know that there's all of these people who aren't even in this business who they can see the vision, even though it seems like the VCs can't see the vision. Interesting. Uh, so it, it really built our confidence and also it helped to build the community because these were people who wanted to actually get involved in the site. Like, if Ben Horowitz invests in your site, he's not necessarily going to be making uh, wiki pages all day. But like we had, we had one, one investor, uh, Akeem, uh, who's from Germany. Uh, he was a WeFunder investor, and then he became our first guy who was making pages in foreign languages. So that kind of uh, launched the vision of how big Everpedia can be. Like you know, now we have uh, foreign language communities in ten different languages already. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So that's that's great. So it's kind of a community building thing. I assume you don't have 200 people on your cap table. Do they all come in as one entity under WeFunder? That is a good question. Um, I'm not sure. I also I also it's pretty complicated to be pu pushing everyone over to the token side of things. So uh, I'm not really handling the legal stuff. My co-founders are, but I hope it's not creating too much of a headache. No worries. No worries. All right. Um, I can see it in some ways being more paperwork and stuff, but uh, having a lot of investors is worth the overhead, especially if you're doing something where your community actually matters. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, my, my good friend Justin Can last year launched Atrium, which is like a legal tech company. And he didn't do a token sale, but he also was kind of trying to get the same effect. He had hundreds of people invest in his angel round, and his thinking was, uh, if I have hundreds of investors, then they're going to all refer their attorneys to me and they're going to send me business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. So there's something to having a lot of investors to like build your community through your investors. And I think that was the appeal of WeFunder. But then now with the tokens, we can do that on a much, much bigger scale. Okay, so let's go to that. So that was 2015, and now, you know, you, I'm assuming in between then and, and the recent token or the recent deal, um, you're just kind of building. So how did this evolve from angel crowdfunding, and then just recently you announced a $30 million um, 
deal. Uh, talk, talk us through that. So tell us what kind of deal was it? Was it a, a token sale or was it a, uh, a VC investment? So uh, Sam has been into crypto forever since even before he started building Everpedia. Sam was uh, your all, partner, right? Yeah, Sam is the guy who was a UCLA senior who built the site and showed me the original oh, yeah. site. Got it. So when he was at UCLA, the way that he was paying his bills was he was using the university's electricity to mine Bitcoin. So he's been in crypto forever. And uh, uh, Brock Pierce, who's one of the founders of EOS, uh, he's been my friend for a while. He was actually one of the first investors who we pitched Everpedia to, and he was really into it. Uh, so he and Sam came up with the idea of the token uh, about six months ago. And it was before, it was right when he had gotten involved with EOS. And uh, he explained EOS, how EOS is going to work to Sam. And one reason why Sam got really excited is because uh, we can host the site on EOS and we can save a lot of electricity. So putting Everpedia on EOS is actually going to be a really, really good environmentally friendly move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, definitely a big, you know, issue, isn't it? Um... And the other exciting thing is since the site is on EOS, it's impossible to censor. So there's 20 countries that censor Wikipedia, but they'll never be able to censor Everpedia because it's on EOS. Interesting. So maybe uh, for people not familiar, can you give a, a simple explanation of what EOS is? EOS is a smart contract platform. So you can build your own token on top of EOS, uh, kind of like Ethereum. EOS is basically the competitor to Ethereum. Gotcha. But EOS is better suited to big database sites like this. Like if you have a site that's going to be eating up a ton of electricity, if the site's on EOS, then the, the electricity used to power the site is the same as the electricity used to mine the EOS. Mm -hmm. So you're saving some electricity there. And so EOS is uh, the product of Block.1, correct? Yeah, so the technical guy behind EOS is Dan Larimer. And Dan Larimer built a site called Steemit which is pretty much the only actual functioning site using blockchain technology. And Steemit is like blockchain Reddit. It's like Reddit where you go and you post content, but if you, people like your content, they reward you with uh, what's called Steam tokens, which is basically the cryptocurrency of Steemit. Hmm. So they're the crypto Reddit, and we're kind of the crypto Wikipedia. The, the details are a bit different, but, but uh, Reddit, Reddit is... Ephem ephemeral stuff. It's stuff that's here today, but tomorrow no one's going to care. But we're trying to build crypto incentives to build these encyclopedia articles that people will be reading forever. Gotcha. Okay. Very interesting. So the the actual did you guys do an actual token sale or or did um, you know how did this this? So what we did one has done before, but it's going to be the new way of doing things because. For a while, people were doing ICOs, just selling their tokens uh, directly to anyone who wants to buy it. And that seems like it might be uh, complicated with securities issues. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the question of if these tokens are securities is basically the legal question it turns on. Yep. So what we did does not have those issues. We did an airdrop where uh, EOS established a VC called Galaxy Digital. And the purpose of this VC is to buy tokens for people who, who own EOS. Uh, so Galaxy gave us $30 million to buy a portion of our tokens. 
And then those tokens will get distributed for free to everyone who holds EOS. Okay. So it's kind of like raising money from a VC and an ICO had a baby. It's the best <laughs> elements of both. Uh -huh. uh, but it, it does what I want to do, which is overnight, it actually does what I want to do better than an ICO does, which is that overnight we have this huge community of people who have a stake in the site and who want to help. How many people is that? Or how many people can you say, or I guess they're not owners because it's not a security exactly. Um, don't, don't quote me, but a lot, a lot of people, I'm, I'm thinking it's in the millions. A lot of people hold EOS because like you go on the internet, everyone is obsessed with EOS because uh, they see it as this really powerful force. It's environmentally friendly and it's not coming directly from Silicon Valley. Like Silicon Valley is actually right now building uh, Definity, which is kind of like a clone of EOS. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that, that's one thing that, that appeals to me and a lot of crypto people about crypto in general is that it's taking Silicon Valley's monopoly away from tech. So now you have these very, very powerful uh, people who are building a, a rival platform. And, you know, like our project is on it, uh, which, we, which we think hopefully is going to be one of the biggest sites on the Internet. You know, like what we're trying to build here is one of the pillars of the Internet. Very interesting. So bear with me. Let me just see if I can connect these dots in my own head. Block.1 is the entity creating EOS. Block.1 raised $1.5 in a token sale. Used that money to establish Galaxy uh, as the kind of the VC. And Galaxy put the $30 million into your company, Everopedia. Am I close there <laughs> yes exactly and we're, we're the first ones so we're actually uh helping the eos team build the software that's going to be used for everyone else who's going to do this like the plan is to have 10 companies do it this year uh where uh they they basically buy your tokens wholesale and then distribute them the way that the cfo of of block one described it andrew bliss is that this is like investing in a stock exchange where you're going to get a stake in every IPO that happens on the exchange. Mm, interesting. So it's really a new model of investing in capitalism. And it's one that I'm trying to get a big community behind my projects. It's one that appeals to me way more than uh, VC investment does. Yeah. Um, interesting. So I guess with Block.1, they're going to be looking for other, you know, you use like Steemit as the blockchain Reddit. You guys are like the blockchain Wikipedia. Uh, is that their strategy is to take that 1.5 billion and to kind of create these um, uh, analogs to what exists, but they'll be running on EOS? Is that accurate at all? Well, I think it's any, it's any project that's cool, but I do think that there's going to be some major disruption of existing players. Like, for example, the site Telegram, which is kind of like the social network of crypto, yeah, uh, they raised 200 million through an ICO, I believe, and uh, their plan is to try to build the decentralized Facebook. They want to turn Telegram from a hot messaging platform into the decentralized Facebook. Yeah, uh, that has huge appeal to me because that's the site that I want to see get decentralized uh, most of all. I'm kind of like. Uh, star content creator for Facebook and I'm just pissed that they're not paying me like 
they should be paying me at least a hundred or two hundred dollars a month because I'm bringing them a lot of traffic and uh, a lot of smiles. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. It would be nice to get compensated in some Zuck coin or whatever. Zuck coin. I'm sure it's in the works somewhere, right? Um, we'll see. To... I mean, so Zuck is the smartest guy in Silicon Valley. So if one guy sees the vision of blockchain, it's him. And he gave this big speech where he said there's a team exploring blockchain stuff uh, for Facebook. But, you know, there's Joseph Schumpter's famous quote about creative destruction. Like in, in capitalism – when a new technology comes, sometimes it's easier to just destroy the whole house and start from scratch than it is to try to to uh, renovate an existing beast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Interesting. Um, what will Zuck buy? Buy, or I guess they could build it, but you know they seem to be pretty good about making these big acquisition bets, right? If something's threatening the house, I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe Zuck, maybe Zuck will buy Everpedia as his big blockchain move. <laughs> right, let's, let's let's see what he does. He's he's definitely a very smart guy. And one thing that's cool, sometimes I feel like there's the crypto world and the tech world. But uh, I was at Google for yesterday, and it was so cool to see that all of the Google engineers only care about EOS, only care about crypto. That's like all they're talking about there. So I feel like Silicon Valley is catching on that this is like this is the hot shit and they either have to come late to the party or they're going to miss it. They're going to miss it altogether. You mentioned before our call that you, you thought crypto was kind of moving to Southern California, moving to LA is it, why do you say that? Is, is that, is that because of your experience yesterday at Google or is block totally. one based down there? Uh, yeah. So block dot one is international, but it has a presence in LA and there's just a huge crypto presence in LA. Uh, all of these people who came early to the table are are kind of based here. I guess they're based here and Puerto Rico now. Uh, and it's it's cool to get this. There's, there's a cultural divide because um, I guess you could say that the crew is more chill than the Silicon Valley tech crew. Like everyone goes to Burning Man. Uh, everyone wants to help the environment, help people. And it's just a really, really chill crew. I love being involved with this uh, family that our site has joined now. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, and there definitely is a divide. Like, for example, uh, Peter, Peter Thiel has de facto been living in L.A. for years. But this year he made a big announcement saying that he kind of feels alienated by Silicon Valley and that he's making L.A. his public, official, full-time home. And I don't know this for a fact, but I'm thinking that crypto technology uh, plays a role in that as well. Peter Thiel is, is a guy who uh, I haven't spoken to him, but I've never met him in my life, but he, I have a lot of respect for him. I read his book, so I'm guessing he sees the vision yeah. and, and yeah, he's plays a role in why he moved down here. Um, okay, cool. I've got a couple, let's, uh, a couple more things I want to kind of touch on. So you just got this $30 million. Is that a blank check or is that very specific to building product? Or in other words, what can you do? You know, what are the restrictions or, or parameters around this 30 million you just raised? Um, I don't think there's any restrictions, but really it's a it's just a VC investment. So the main thing that startups use money for is really just rent and salaries. So we want to get we want to get like a nice office. 
uh, close to where all the other crypto stuff is happening. Right now, our office is in UCLA uh, since uh, our founders went to UCLA. Mm -hmm. And it's cool to be here, but it would be cool to be, it would be cooler to be in walking distance to where all this other crazy stuff is happening. So the plan is to move to Santa Monica this summer. I was going to say, where is it all happening? Is, is Santa Monica the, the epicenter or is it downtown LA or what? Yeah, that's Crypto Beach. Is uh, that all the tech stuff in LA is in Venice? Uh, so the crypto stuff decided to be a little more upscale and be just north in Santa Monica. Yeah, cool. So it's not like anywhere bohemian or anything. It's kind of funny because it's like startups that are in the, the middle of the fanciest part of LA. But since I'm an inveterate snob, it appeals to me. <laughs> I love it. Actually, I love that area. I love Santa Monica. I'm not. You know, I've never lived in, in Southern California, but I love Santa Monica. It's really... Oh, well, there's this bar called The Bungalow, which the only problem is it's too popular. It's like such a beautiful place, but then there's all these people there. So yeah. I'm just hoping that someday it'll stop being popular and then I can just go there and enjoy the ambiance. Uh, you know, the saying is, no one goes any, no one goes there anymore. It's become too popular. Right? Exactly. Yeah, well, that's The Bungalow for yeah. sure. <laughs> cool. So... Where does this, uh, is, is it hard to recruit crypto engineers? I mean, are you guys, you know, there's so much activity happening right now. Like, what's your strategy for taking this 30 million, getting some good team members on board? It's impossible to recruit because, um, I mean, there's no, there are no talented people out there right now. And to compound it, there's a ton of fakers out there right now. Like, yeah. there's more fakers than even among normal engineers. Uh, and then also, you can't, I'm a firm believer that you can't build a tech company unless you built the product. Because how are you going to hire people? Like we're able to hire people because the guys who built the product are the CEO and the president of the company. Uh, so uh, we have our lead blockchain guy who's kind of the star of the team. He's the one who's building the token. His name's Kadar Ilyer. And Sam has been friends with him for years. They were uh, at UCLA together and they were both really big into crypto. And Kadar could be doing anything, you know, he's like he's like this world class. He's one of the best blockchain engineers in the world. Mm. So he could be at Goldman making like seven or eight figures a year. Uh, but he's doing this because he saw the vision. Uh, same as he, he joined the team uh, same time as Larry Sanger, uh, the co-founder of of uh, Wikipedia. And these were guys who are all stars. And they saw uh, the vision with Everpedia from day one, but then once we brought in blockchain, they understand that they understood that it's game over, and that we're going to be able to truly replace Wikipedia, like truly integrate, not just compete with, but integrate with and and upgrade Wikipedia. Yeah, very interesting. So, wh what do you think is next for you guys? Do you, will you need to raise more money? Would you would you do your own token sale? Or I guess that doesn't make sense because you're on EOS, right? Well, the token is going to go live on exchanges. Um, and then I think the next big project is what I'm talking about, which is to fully integrate with Wikipedia. Um, I think we got to have discussions with Wikipedia and figure out how to make that site part of Everpedia because there, there really should be no difference. Like Larry Sanger, who is our chief information officer, uh, he joined the company about four months ago, and he's the founder of Wikipedia. 
Mm. And he says the reason why he joined Everpedia is because he's been imagining something like blockchain since 2001. Like when they launched Wikipedia, they were thinking it would be really cool if we could make the people who build this website the owners. Yeah. But there was no blockchain technology, so it was impracticable to do that at that point. So they decided to make it a nonprofit instead. But yeah. this is really the correct model for, for how to do it. Is when you come to Everpedia, you put the content, and if the content is high quality and it adds value to the network, then you get tokens to represent that value. Interesting. So it's literally if you're writing good, high quality articles, you're getting rewarded by tokens. So you're an owner. Yeah, it's not just even a reward. It's just that that represents the ownership of what you did. So you're not giving it like, you know, I'm giving all of my stuff to Facebook for free. Yeah. And I'm making Mark Zuckerberg very, very rich. But he won't just give me uh, what represents. I mean, it's not like I need the money, but just give me something to represent what I did for you. You know, I, I created value for you, but I'm not getting any Facebook coins. Yeah. So yeah. Everpedia, you get the tokens. You get IQ tokens to represent the value that you've created. And what can you do with those tokens? Can you exchange them into uh, into Bitcoin or Ethereum? Or Yes. Yeah, well, the tokens are liquid money. But then on top of that, they are also the votes for the platform. So when this becomes the new Wikipedia... This is how you vote. Like the community is going to have a vote on if Infowars should be accepted as a valid source that you can cite and take info from. Mm, yeah. And the token holders are who decides what the rule is going to be there. Very interesting. So that's going to be a very, very powerful utility. Once this, once this is the Wikipedia, uh, we think it's going to be a very, very powerful utility. So one or two last questions. I'll let you get back to building. Um, if there was a startup out there, you know, that was doing something kind of similar to what you guys have been doing that, you know, maybe is appropriate for, for EOS, how would you suggest they replicate your type of funding? Is it getting in touch with the Galaxy Fund? Or like, you know, if someone wanted to raise money like you guys did, what advice would you give them? Well, the first advice I would give is the first uh, like really corny advice I would give anyone who's raising money, which is first get a lot of traction. Uh, I think what helped Everpedia get this $30 million is that all of the blockchain startups are just ideas. People are just throwing around ideas. Whereas we already have a website that's one of the thousand biggest websites in the U.S. and gets uh, several million users every month. Mm. Uh, so I'm a firm, firm believer. Both of my websites, before they raised any money, uh, well, wait, actually, no, Everpedia had already raised some money. But before they really got into raising money, had already built a working, functional product that had a ton of users. Uh, so that's step one. And then step two is, yeah, get, get involved. Well, for, for one thing, uh, come to Puerto Rico. Uh, there's going to be a big, big event next week, which is basically like the Woodstock of crypto in Puerto Rico. So I'm going to be there. And then this whole year, there's going to be a ton of events basically kicking off uh, Cryptopia, which is the, the plan to change the name of Puerto Rico to Cryptopia. And then that country is going to kind of become Bitcoin central. Uh, and the, the purpose behind that is just so that the crypto community can be there and, and help help the 
Native community to overcome the natural disasters uh, that they suffered from last year. Yeah. So it is a good way to get noticed. I think if you want to become a crypto all-star, have a really good idea and build it and try to start getting the ball rolling on it and then hobnob with the crypto elite, whether it's in LA, whether it's in Puerto Rico, I think uh, like Hong Kong is the other hot one, but they're easy to get at. The cool thing is a lot of these, a lot of the crypto culture is basically cribbed from Burning Man culture. It's like mm. Burning Man people who came over to, to the business side of things. So everyone is really, really chill, especially if, if you're someone who is motivated more by building and doing good work uh, rather than making money. This is a group of people who they really get into that. It's interesting. I didn't know that there was a connection between Burning Man and, and crypto, but it, it makes sense. Totally. That's why I'm so comfortable. It's just so it's it's so exciting to go. You know, when when I was a Silicon Valley entrepreneur, uh, my investors uh, for my company in Silicon Valley were the best. They're the best of the best. And it was cool. They they were they were very powerful, very type A rich people. Who they were inspiring because they they were just so intimidating. Uh, but now we, we have this set of crypto investors who, even though they have way more money than the Silicon Valley investors, they just have a lot more kindness. Like their their main purpose is not to flex their muscles; it's to actually uh, help help other people and just to try to to improve humanity. And I think that's that's more my motivation, and it's the motivation of my co-founders. Uh, so it's cool to have these investors who aren't—they're not looking for money from us; they're looking for us to change the world. Very interesting. All right. Well, awesome. On that positive note, um, I'll let you get back to changing the world. This is really exciting. Uh, I guess. <laughs> Sorry to get corny at the end there. I mean, now I'm just. Uh, just I'm going to go make some wiki pages for stuff that people are Google searching. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Um, I guess to, to check you guys out, it's just everipedia.com or dot something else. Dot org. Dot yeah. org. Okay. Dot org. Yeah, and then the, the best place to get information for what's going on is our telegram. We have this telegram group that is, is growing very quickly and that's kind of telegram is crypto central. So now that we're becoming, the, the hot crypto property that's becoming our main social network. Actually, how can people find you? Give me more specific instructions. Just go to go to where to find you on Telegram. Download, down, download Telegram and then just search Everpedia on Telegram. We have a group with about 4,000 members. Gotcha. Cool. Awesome. And then I'm always posting in there. Sam's always posting in there. So you can just message us if you want to get involved in the site. Uh, you can just send us your email and we'll send you an invite. Join us. It's cool stuff. I mean, I think if you have, uh, if you want to build your own crypto thing, then one really smart thing you can do is help me out. Come join my website and make a wiki page for your company and then I'll help you promote it. Interesting. Great. All right, my friend. Thank you very much. Good luck and um, uh, have a good time at at Puerto Crypto, Cryptopia. I like this. <laughs> Thank you. I hope I see you there. I don't know if I can swing this one, but it sounds awesome. So I'll, I'll be there in spirit. Nice. All right. Thanks, Bob. Okay.